J.T. Crowley is Talking Books. On this show, you'll hear from emerging talent and seasoned veterans from around the world. They'll give you their take on the writing process and how to create the secret sauce of page-turning deliciousness. Let's get into that magical mixture of the art and science of creativity. Here's J.T. Crowley, author of The Smart Kids and your podcast host. Good morning. I'm J.T. Crowley, and joining me this morning uh, to talk about her debut novel, Katie, A New Chapter, is Lisa Billingham from the West Midlands in the United Kingdom. The book and the main character, Katie, broadly speaking, partially reflects on her professional life and loosely touches on the issues that have dominated her personal life. So let's welcome Lisa to the show. Lisa, welcome to Talking Books. Thank you, John. Pleasure to be here. You're welcome. Lisa, when I started to uh, read your book and to research not only your book, but a bit about yourself as well, uh, along with the other the several chats that we've had over the past few weeks, um, I kind of get the uh, view or the feeling, the sense that there's a touch of you in the main character, Katie. And, you know, and that's, there's the odd nod, the touch to what you've done in the past and what you do now. Because when I look at your profile, um, you're not only just an author, but you, um, you're a psychic medium, you're a spiritualist, you're a coach, and dare I say, a naturist. Yeah. <laughs> that always gets a laugh, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and why not? And why not? <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> so you've done many different things in your life and you know what you're doing now is, is totally different to what you've done you know in the past do you want to talk about what you've done and why you're doing this at the moment yes um well why i was doing this or why i've done this at the moment is because of covid really um it kind of threw a spanner in the works for everybody um, but I feel it put me on the right path because I was working in Fuerteventura as a holiday rep and then we had to fly home, we've got no choice. And I sat there and went, well, what should I do now? Yeah. So I decided to write my book and I'd been planning it in my head for about 12 months. I'd been on a course to see how to do it and I'd already decided to write it as a novel because I didn't want the he said, she said rubbish that comes with an autobiography or anything self-help book so it's kind of all three really um but it draws a lot on my experiences and my battles with mental health hysterectomy so quite a lot that I've been through is actually in the book and will be in subsequent books as well but I came from the corporate world I've worked in bars restaurants retail you name it and corporate world for 16 and a half years and I I enjoyed very very little of it um, and then when I hit the brick wall I thought right the only way now is up and a decade's worth of self-help and realization I suppose has got me to where I am now and with a published book so wow are you proud of that I am it's strange because it was written in um, 2020 and published in 2020. 
because we couldn't go out it's it was never really celebrated properly i went out for um coffee and cake with a friend a few months ago and it was like do you know what i haven't celebrated that and she's like right let's celebrate now we'll have another piece of cake and another coffee i was like okay let's do it wow. Sounds like a bit like beer in the coffee shop. You've got yes, yeah, that's what yeah, that's a victorious sponge cake. <laughs> so let's you know, let's have a look at your book, and I want to start with your main character, Katie. Now she's a complex character, isn't she? Very. She comes with quite a lot of how shall I say psychological damage baggage. Um, you know, which has been rooted in her past. Um, hence the need for her counselling and her low esteem. In the story, um, she faces abuse, physical and mental, and of course talks about her hysterectomy and all the complexities and the um, add-ons that go with that with the early onset of um, the menopause. Would you like to explain to the viewers, to the listeners, why you gave Katie these characteristics i was trying to cram everything into the book i think when i first sat down and planned it and thought what should i put into it and it was a cathartic experience in writing it and i was just writing everything and i thought i can't put all of this in there's too much um but the biggest things in my uh life at that point were are in the book and was the hysterectomy and the battles with mental health because had I not recovered to a certain point from my mental health issues I wouldn't have been able to cope with the hysterectomy so it's all like the knock-on effect mm -hmm. um, and I got halfway through writing the book and she's got so much going on and I, I could have gone on even more and I thought no I've got to try and turn her life around in some way so that she starts to to um, feel better she starts to find herself she starts to live a better life because I, I wanted the book to be inspirational um, and once I got to a certain point I was like oh, no this isn't this isn't this isn't the way you know give me something positive to throw in here so um, but her characteristics are in a way very much me although they're part me part you know, people I've seen on the street, it might be their hair colour or it might be a, a characteristic of, of a friend or family member that's just thrown into the mix. Um, and it's, she's a fictional character, but she carries a lot of me with her. Ah, and because a lot of writers do that, don't they? Yeah. You know, to be an author, to be a writer, you've got to be, I, I think you've got to be a great observationist in life and, you know, people yeah. watch. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah, and me. Yeah, yeah very much. Nice people watching, is there? No, nothing. No. Yeah. Oh, did they do that? Did they just do yeah, that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> They're not talking to each other. They're not yeah. married. They're talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The coffee shops. They're out for the yep. day. With, yeah. And they're both on their phones. All oh, that's that's about. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and do you know when when I when I look at the book, you know, Katie, a new chapter. Um, you know, I see that the, uh, you know, the story is set over, if, if my maths is right, over 21, a 21-month period. Um, and it's set in the early 1990s, um, you know, from 91 to 92. Yeah. So 
um, you know, I'm looking at the plot. Was that, is it intentional that you set it then and the way that you've set it up? It was kind of accidental in a lot of ways. Mm. I didn't want to set it in 2020 or in, you know, the, the few years previous to that. Um, and as I was thinking about the songs and the books, as the story took, like, took a hold of me, I suppose, and the characters started to do what they wanted to do. Um, and I'm like, oh, that doesn't work then. And oh, that, that didn't happen then. And not mobile phones. I didn't want her to have a mobile phone or a computer or she hasn't even got a television because I wanted it to be how people interact with other people and what, you know, what their thoughts and feelings were. And I thought if you throw, dare I say, social media and computers and phones in the mix, then it's a whole different story. Um, so once I'd started to research the um, era and the background almost of the other characters and what happens to them in this book, it made sense to do it at that time. It did change a while because it started, first of all, in 1990 and then different things didn't fit. So I thought, right, 91. And then obviously it settled to start in March 1991. Um, and then go through to December 92. When I first started it, I thought, oh, no, it'll be like March to December. Uh, and then with different things that happened, I thought this has got to go out over a longer time frame. Mm. So it ended up being, like you say, March to March 91 to uh, December 92. Yeah, because it's important, isn't it? When you're writing in a certain period, you've got to get that period right. No point yes. in writing something and then said, oh, she got her mobile phone rang. Well, hang on. It's the 1970s. They didn't have them. And you're going to get caught out there. So, yeah, you're absolutely right there. Okay. And, you know, as writers, we have to be careful about that, you know. When the story has been set in a certain period of time, we've got to reflect that period of time, you know, the dress style and things like that. But yeah. there you go. That was interesting, oh. looking at the dress sense oh. as well. Absolutely. Like, what can I dress her in? Jeans and a T-shirt. It's a bit pants, isn't it? So I thought, <laughs> oh. So that was quite interesting. What did we wear in the 90s? And I think I must have like lost a great deal of the 90s. So no, I don't remember that. <laughs> um. You've put together, Lisa, an interesting web of characters uh, to tell this um, interesting and intriguing story. Um, so you've got Jack, for example, the pub landlord, Sylvie, the bookstore owner, Vera, the cafe stop, stop shop owner, even. And of course, you've got John, Tom and Michael. Now, John's an interesting character. He's a teacher with an alcoholic and a violent past, which resurfaces in the book. Yeah. I think he's a guy that's struggling with his sexuality. Now, Tom is also an interesting character. And I think that all this womanising he's doing is just to hide a hurtful relationship in the past. Yes. But spiteful Michael is, um, hmm, well, <laughs> he's another character, another side to the book. Um, so would you like to tell the listeners, the viewers, how you... Um, interwove all these characters into this fabulous book of yours. Oh, thank you. It was um, partly what you said about observation. When I started writing it, I started to observe things that were around me. And because of the, the time it was written and we were very limited to what we could do and where we could go, I went for lots and lots of walks, different places just around me. And I found some very weird things. So, like, you know, the the weather and 
um, all sorts of things. And then I came across um, a car, burnt out car, and I thought, hmm. And I just made notes of everything that I saw, and I probably got about 20 pages of A4 with just notes on squirrels and burnt, everything and everything, anything and everything that I actually saw and observed. And then as I'm writing it, I thought, I've got to make this a bit more exciting for the other characters as well. So it's not just that they're listening to her or they're helping her or they're observing what she's doing. They've got things going on as well. So that when I finished it, if people were interested in it and they bought into the characters, they'd want the next book. If they didn't, it would be like, well, I don't care, so forget it. And I'll, well, I won't do book two then. Um, and it was just from observations of things and people, and I'm like, oh, what can I put in there? And then all of a sudden, you've got a completely different angle when you just throw that one thing in there and think, okay, so what happens to him and why does he end up there? And I'd actually started writing all this into the first book, and I thought, no, I need to tell their stories separately and yeah. combine them all together, you know, so when they meet her, why they're feeling and thinking the way they do and um, so it was just mainly observations of, of things and people and characters and personalities of people from the past and things like that and just trying to sort of almost throw it up in the air and see what comes out Go, oh yeah okay yeah, that's good and then as time went on it was just they were, they were writing themselves really <laughs> I'm like I don't want you to do that well I'm doing it <laughs> I think that's what most authors do. Yeah. Your, your book, um, there's many layers uh, to this story, um, apart from Katie and all her issues. You've got John dealing with his demons from the past and to um, possibly, you know, hiding again about his true um, sexuality from people. Um, then you've got, as I says, you've got Tom and the hurtful relationship and all the womanising to hide that and spite from Michael. A grudge, we know that a grudge is interesting. I was thinking, oh, what's he got a grudge about? And you know, and then the, it, you've got the attack on Jack. Now, I have to say, I was a little bit disappointed here because I'm a f great crime reader. I love crime novels, and I'm thinking when I looked at the story here about Jack and the burnt-out car you just said, um, I wanted to know more. Who did it? You know, why did it happen? What's happened in the past to create this scene? And, you know, you know, what's going to happen here? Yeah. And I just thought, I'm going to ask her about this and say, so why, you know, could you expand to the listeners and viewers and say, what's happening here? What's happening in all these layers of stories that you're writing here in this great book? Um, well, I could, but that would kind of spoil book two and three, really. Oh, go on. Let us <laughs> I um I actually didn't think about it when I was writing it. Um, I did when I was writing that. I did sort of almost write the end of Jack. I actually killed him off in one of the chapters. Um, I, I know I was a bit naughty. I've got Sylvia coming to the hospital and and Tom because um, they were estranged and Tom was like, oh, "I'm not talking to you," and you know, uh, "Oh, your dad's dead," and uh, yeah, coming out like this, and I'm like. No, I'm going to keep you alive and make you suffer a little bit more. <laughs> so, um, 
just because I did want to, I did want to carry it on. And I thought, no, this book is about her. He will have his chance later on. So he is a bit of a naughty boy, shall we say. His background is not good um, from oh. where he comes from, from um, based in London. Obviously, most of the places in the book are made up, but a kind of London type gang area uh, is where he comes from. Um, and they escaped up there because of his past and partly hers as well, because she's got a colourful past as well. So um, Sylvie's got a colourful past as well. So it's all um yeah mm. yeah so you know the, the book's got great layers of people you know listeners viewers um very intriguing uh multi-layered is how i describe it so it's not just about katie there's a lot more going on in this book once you've read it you start to understand there's there's a lot going on yeah. so read the book um for me, uh, Lisa, you know, when you're characters, there's one character we've not talked about. And for me, this is a hidden character. And this, uh, you know, in your novel, and that's the voice on, in Katie's head. Oh. Who you reference to as bitch. The voice that challenges Katie's confidence, her actions. Um... So why this silent, hidden voice character? Does this relate to what went on in your, in your own life? You know, as the character went on in your own head? Because uh, we all know that Katie is, you know, loosely based on you. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Um, that's very much the thoughts and emotions in the book are very much me. Um, in, in most part, you know, most of it. Uh, some of it isn't, some of it's uh, other people or other people's experiences that I've touched on slightly, um, but most of it is me. And the, the bitch in her head, I suppose it's almost, it's it's an ego thing, isn't it? It's you're not good enough and you'll never do that. And, and, and you, you, the more you listen to it, the more you believe it. And I'd never thought about it until you said, actually, that she, that, that is another character almost that, you know, she could, the bitch could almost have a book of her own. Oh, I think she could. Yeah, to say, you know, that, that it, it's, it, it had never occurred to me until you said it, to be honest. So you've got me, like, sort of thinking, how can I do that then? It's interesting because different people view, you know, the same book in different ways and they come from different angles. So that's why I asked the question about, oh, this hidden character. Um, yeah. And as you said, you perhaps didn't realise that. Um, so you never know. We might be having a book about a hidden character. Yeah. The title would yeah. be interesting. What, 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 would you yeah. call it? what would we call it? I know. The Bitch. The Bitch. A new chapter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Bitch um, Reformed. The Bitch Reformed. Yeah. Or The Bitch Reformed. Yeah. The Bitch Reformed. Yeah. <laughs> Of it. Oh, absolutely. Do you know what? And not just the book itself, because one of the most important things about a book is sometimes it's the cover itself, because that's the eye-catching thing that some you know um, readers like to look at. Oh, that's so an eye-catching cover. Um, so when you look at your cover of the book, you know, Katie in a new chapter, it's got the boards and it's got the butterflies. Now the woods obviously relate to the boards in the story. 
And I think that the butterflies, which there is a, a section on the butterflies, is it's not butterflies themselves, it's referring to the butterflies in Katie's stomach, isn't it? The nerves. So you have lots of butterflies when you were dealing with all your issues. Oh yes. It's kind of multifaceted in some ways because it's the butterflies in her stomach. Mm. It's the transformation uh, as well, you know, with the, the, from the caterpillar to the butterfly. But it's also, uh, it did happen to me because the butterflies I was working in, when I was working in Menorca, uh, I worked at a hotel and there was plant pots all down the side by the pool. And bear in mind, this was high season, 2019, nobody by the pool, nobody about, which is just unbelievable. And all of a sudden, I'm walking past and I'm, I'm looking for somebody. I'm already late for my next hotel, so I'm, I'm looking for a guest. And these butterflies, and there must have been about a 100, just flew out and just surrounded me. And I'm like, okay, so what are you trying to tell me here? It was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. No photographic evidence, no proof, no nothing. And it was just that moment in time, and it was absolutely amazing. I'll never, ever forget it. And I thought that's got to go in the book because that's several different things. That's yeah. At the time, I was still stressed. Butterflies in your stomach because you you know you you know you're late for your next hotel and you're all panicky because you know people are waiting for you and you booked an appointment. Uh, and then the transformation that I'm totally different to how I was before. Even though I'm still stressed, I'm a different person, and just the experience. So it, it's all kind of very different experiences all rolled into one really now you give the character uh, Casey um, what she's aged about 23 in the book isn't she yeah yeah and all the characters are quite young all bar from Jack and Sylvie and Paul Rivera yeah but the other ones are they're all young characters and you give um, you're talking here with Katie going through the uh, process of a hysterectomy which you know you unfortunately that's a tender age went through yourself. Um, do you think that blokes should be more aware of the issues around hysterectomy, uh, which affect women? And, you know, and so do you think this could be a book for blokes to read as well to broaden their minds? Yes, very much so. I have, I have had several male readers uh, and several reviews from men and messages from men. Um, different parts of the book have, have stood out, like the abuse bit or hysterectomy. I never realised that. And of course, on top of the hysterectomy, you've got menopause. And, you know, it's a major operation, no matter how much of the organs are taken away, it's still a major operation. And it does change you. <laughs> it's, you know, it's bound to that you I can't have children and I haven't got children. So that's something else I've got to look at. Um, do I want to suffer the pain? Do I want children? Do, you know, you've, there's so much to take into account. And I do think men need to understand it more. It's um, it's hard. They're never, ever going to experience those feelings um, and those emotions and that, that actual physical surgery. Um, and when I had my surgery, I chose, I actually chose a male consultant because I'm like, well, I don't want to, you know, he can only tell me the facts you know he's not experienced it so he can he was dealing in facts and I'm thinking if I pick a woman is she going to say well I've been through this I've been and I'm like no just dealing facts uh, but when you're in that 
environment and you're in that relationship with somebody who's going through it, it's very hard to understand it from the woman's point of view. Mm. And the thoughts and emotions and feelings were exactly what I was going through when I wrote that, wrote that chapter. So that's why, you know, it's so that's a strong character in the book when she's talking about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the book um, ends, I mean, it's set up in a chronological order. When you look at the book, everybody, it's the chapters are really dates, you know, of events. That's how um, Lisa's put the book together, uh, which is interesting. Was that purposeful? It was accidental. <laughs> <laughs> it was given right as a bad name. Because it was, yeah, it was like, as I read through my notes, which is all that they were when I started it, uh, and I went to a developmental editor, she said, I love your notes. I'm like, God, that was my book. So I'm like, okay, start again. <laughs> so as I'm going through it, because I've got so much information, I had to kind of sec section it off and go, right, when did that happen? Because as I'd, as I'd work, worked through it and went back to edit it, I'd said something happened on a Wednesday, but when I actually researched it, that particular date was a Tuesday. So for me to remember and to make sure I'd got the order correct, I just titled it with a date. And then as I went back through, I'm like, well, what happens in that, on that day? And I'm like, oh, God, I can't remember. So I had to read it through again and again and again. So I just put headings in of what happens in that chapter. And then when I came to print it and publish it, I just thought, you, know, you get advice from different people. And they're like, no, 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 you've got too many chapters. You don't want headings. You don't want chapter numbers. And I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> I'm going to leave it in because it, it sets the scene of the time frame. You know, people that were uh, of the age that were alive in the 90s. Um, it'll give people who weren't an idea of you know, the younger generation idea of what it was like. Um, and for me to remember that what was happening in that chapter. And I thought, well, that's a good start. So, that you know, you can almost sort of entice the reader with the next chapter, like the hysterectomy. So they know what's coming. And then United in shining armor. Like, oh, he's going to save. Are they going to run off into the sunset? No. But that's the sort of, you know, the sort of idea of, of leaving them in, I suppose. Yeah, and when we, you know, when you look at the, the book um, towards the end, there, there's, uh, you know, some authors say, you know, you need to put a happy end it so the, you know, the reader, you know, feels comfortable at the end of the, of the book. And some people leave, uh, a bit like me, you know, leave people in suspense and thinking, oh, you know, a bit like, you know, the, the TV companies, you know, when the soaps come on, and, you know, the cliffhanger is always at the end, isn't it? Yes. Because they want you to read to either read the next book or to um, watch the next TV series you know, on the TV program. Um, so, but in your book, you've opted to do um, a reasonable, happy ending. Yeah. And uh, this is the interesting bit, everybody. This is where the naturist bit comes in here. And I am going to talk about it. Go for it. Go for it, yeah. Um, so the book ends, like, you know, most novels, on a, on a happy note um, with the pub. So she begins, you know, she now owns the pub and she's, you know, got her own house. But 
she's plucked up the courage before that to go on holiday and for her that's a huge challenge for her confidence and things like that so you take her uh, to a, a little island abroad and uh, that's where she does some skinny dipping yes talk about that she does yes that um that was another quite pivotal 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 time in my life um i wrote it in because and i have had some comments about this um oh, i want to go on holiday on my own i've never had the confidence i know the courage how did you do it and people that are saying this some knew me when i was when i was ill and some didn't um and i'm like well if you'd have said that to me 10 years ago i would have laughed in your face um but it was very liberating for me the first time was on a nudist beach i didn't go in the sea and I worked abroad when I worked abroad and I was getting like, I'm going home because I've had enough. I didn't sign up for all this rubbish. I am going home. Uh, and my boss, the gentleman at the time, he's just like, Lise, go home. Don't go back to work today. I'll cover your hotel. Go, go home. Go jump in the sea. I'm like, okay, thanks, Dad. Go jump in the sea. He said, while you're at it, go jump in the sea with no clothes on. And I'm like, did we just have this conversation? And he's like, seriously, he says, you will, honestly, he says, you'll just love it. You'll just absolutely love it. He's, and he told me, because he knows the area very well, he lives over there. And he told me where to go. So I got home, jumped on my stuff, got changed, walked down. And my flatmate came with me as well. Uh, and that was the start of it. We went in that night. We were in there for about 10 minutes, came out, and we're like, wow. wow. And then we had to do it again. There you go, everybody. There's the naturist bit. Yeah, we had to do it again. We, would, we did it regularly then. We did it two or three times a week, really. And then, you know, when it got cold, we did it maybe once a week. No, it doesn't work when it's cold. Yeah, cold. And it's, um, so this is the new part of her chapter, isn't it? She, you know, she's owning the pub, she's got a house, so this is the new life for her. And that's why it's called Katie, a new chapter. That's all about the book. Yeah. Well, Lisa, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, Lisa M. Billingham, everybody. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So, listeners, viewers, for me, this book has been delicately written. It's touching on many issues that are faced women and men alike wrapped up in wonderful stories. So it's a book for women and men. So all it leaves me is to say is I'm JT Crowley. Thank you for listening, watching wherever you are in the world. So until next time, stay safe.